So for people that I know it's something I've struggled with a large part of my life and um, people that I speak to and work with, um, it's a struggle they have as well. So how can people easily, uh, what practices have worked for you or what knowing or information can you come back to that allows you to easily remember that and work through these dualistic thoughts to just be more content or more happy with your place in life. Um, I feel like when you're able to accept that better, you're, you're able to just be more happy and joyous. Yeah. More presence. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate the question actually, because that is, that's what I'm, I'm all about is the practical aspect of all of this information. See the, the, the most, direct approach, which is what I use in, in my own teachings, the most direct approach is a direct investigation into the nature of who you are. Because everything that we, everything that we experience, we experience through a character that we have, that we we think about, we synthesize in our minds. So there's always an, a me, an I that is suffering or is having issues or has emotions, you see, so the first thing we need to do is let's investigate the nature of I, of who I am. Um, this investigation inevitably will lead you to this place of non-identity, meaning that you cannot identify yourself. However, you do feel that you exist, that you are. So the feeling I am contains everything. I am is the container of reality. And that's what you are. So again, everything that I'm saying is intellectual and conceptual because I'm talking about it, but the experience, the experience of going into the, this self inquiry leads you back to know, okay, this is who I am. Now to the practical uh, aspect of this, which is what you're asking, Brian, this is what self inquiry is supposed to do. It's supposed to now confront, not confront, I don't like that word, but to face or observe rather the activity of the mind in the presence of I am in the presence of who I am. So it's really a distinction first to know who you are and second to face the activity of the mind that is making you feel uncomfortable. And the thing that it does is that at least in my experience, and this is what everybody uh, else can feel when they practice this, is that the, the pull of the emotions that you had, it's no longer there because you need to create a character to get involved with the drama that your mind is evoking, you right. see? And if it happens, it's okay. Because the moment you realize that it happened, you're back again into presence. You cannot realize that you were involved in a character unless you're present. So every time that, it seems like a rep in a gym, you know, every time you recognize your being. And so it, it at, at first it seems like it's, it's not working, like it doesn't yield results, but bear with this for the longest possible time, which is all your life, just keep doing this and you will see the results of 
this is the equanimity that really flourish out, out of this. It's not even a practice. It's a recognition. You see, just you recognizing I am the awareness of the emotions. I am the awareness mm. of the drama playing in my head and so on. So when you when you allow this presence just to become aware, um, and if I can get away with a little bit of poetry here, just imagine <laughs> that all of our thoughts that are based on a separate self, on the ego, on this, um, this contraction of the mind as identity, is an illusion or is shadows. And awareness is the light that mm -hmm. is required for these shadows to be, or form rather, to be discerned. Mm -hmm. And you see, light doesn't have to make any efforts to reveal the truth of the form or the shadows. It simply shines uh, on this shape or form that is the thought patterns. So becoming aware of everything that is happening in your mind, that is the practical aspect. Just become aware that you are aware. You are not the thoughts. You are not the activity of the mind. And you can only get involved or you can only suffer if you get involved with the activity of the mind. Mm. Yeah. Um, you mind if I touch on this really quick, Jordan? Um, I like the way you put that. So for me, that's exactly a process that my initial process that led me down this path, but also a process that I repeat um, throughout throughout my life. Um, so to put it in uh, in everyday nature, I was unhappy with my life. Um, in fact, I didn't see a happy foreseeable future. And um, just like many other people, I was stuck in this victimhood mentality where I was blaming everybody and everything in, in the world. <laughs> and um, I see it so often. And um, the best thing I did was reverse that and face myself. And through that, I was able to peel off every layer that I built, every mask, every identity that I claimed, all these false identities and um, I think that, so touch back to what you were just saying, um, by doing that, I was able to really find true nature of self and um, not identify with, with, with these egos or these, these false narratives that I was creating for myself. Because um, through those stories is what I was reacting off of. Um, and that's, that's one thing I really like to point out to people, but I do, from what I've experienced, um, it's difficult for some people to take that process. Um, so I know that you've spoken about psychedelics in the past, and uh, I know Jordan has uh, been, a been a topic as well as for myself as well. And I can mm -hmm. attribute, uh, I can attribute this path being taken from, um, my psychedelic use and what I have feel like I've gained from these uses. Mm. Um, so I'm just curious, are there steps that everyday average person that is still caught up in the worldly view, the Western world, what are some small steps that people can take that 
are unhappy with their life, whether they're fully admitting it with the, to themselves or not, they know that. What can they do to reroute and get back into harmony? Because harmony with self, harmony with nature. And um, there's something that I want to add to that because that's a great question. I've encountered in this experience people as like well because that that is a really pertinent question i like to hear how this gets answered but there's people that are that i've personally met and spoken to that are living a life that they're ultimately not happy with but they've convinced themselves that they are so happy in the life that they're living like how do you even resonate onto like those people in particular right yeah, that, that, those are the people that I'm actually referencing. Um, and I understand in an aspect, some people may feel so trapped into their life, um, whatever it is, they've been at their job for 20 years, been married for 20 years, and uh, they have to make some big changes and it, it can seem very scary. Um, but what is a very practical and realistic approach to allowing these people freedom and and getting them to free themselves, really. Yeah, no, really amazing question, actually. Um, so I have to assume that um, at the very least there is a an interest in in these people to want to improve their lives, right? Hmm. To to want there is a there is a a calling within themselves, and it's no surprise that in our um, in our era of information confusion and actually um, discouragement, even on trying to get into these overwhelming topics, right? What do I do? Where do I start? Um, but since we're talking about the most practical thing, and it's really what I would recommend to anybody, even, um, even people who, um, who are in a very profound study of reality and so on, I would recommend to go back to the simplicity of things, which is becoming aware of your life. Brian, you touched on something when you mentioned that in your own story, and thank you for sharing that, uh, that little piece. I think it's very important how, when you turn back to yourself, you started to see, you, you peel all these layers of identity of these false narratives that you were telling yourself. You see, Everybody who is in this path is confronting these false narratives. But the thing is that we are not aware of them and we think they are a necessary uh, program running in our subconscious. You see, we keep buying into them. And this can only be revealed with what you said and what you did which, and you continue to do, which is facing yourself. So any practice that will inevitably bring down, which is another word you use, which I love, victimhood, mm. down to uh, away from your life. It's amazing the subtle ways that the mind is used to become and feel a victim, you mm. see? So if we can keep this in mind, 
constantly. It can even be, you know, driving your car, be driving your car and you're, you know, you, it's, it's funny how our subconscious is always saying it's not your fault. It's somebody else's, you know, you're the victim. And so they should, and you know, because we live in a dual uh, reality, of course, eventually you're going to feel the one that is the culprit of things. So it works both ways. Getting away from this mentality is another thing, but you have to recognize it. You have to face yourself. And I think that's what we fear the most, which is letting go of these, uh, of these patterns. Mm -hmm. And like you also mentioned, and I think it's important to keep in consideration. And, uh, I appreciate that, uh, that view that you have or that you summon here for, for the people who are starting, this is the fear of big changes in their life trust these changes because these are necessary um the only thing that opposes this is your own comfort these changes are necessary whether that be a change in relationship job environment anything you have to trust this and know that uh, if you're in this path and these things are calling to you it's a necessary step that is just going to bring more harmony to your life mm. so um i would just say to sum it up, become aware of your experience, become aware of your mind, even if it's a practice of one minute, one minute is nothing, just sitting down and listening to yourself. I'll add one thing, uh, one more thing before I finish. And is that I, I recently talked about meditation as befriending your mind. Imagine that you have had a mind that you never listened to. It's like, having a friend or somebody you know that always talks to you, but you're always fabricating what they're saying. You're never listening to them, you see? And so you have an idea of what, mm -hmm. they're, what they are. You think you have an idea of what they are, but it's your own idea. It's what you have thought <laughs> of your friend or the person you know. The moment you actually sit down without prejudice, without any sort of biases or anything, and just listen to the person talk, you understand them. This is meditation. It's simply allowing your mind to be and embrace it and not even say, I love you, but just by listening to, to it, that's loving your mind. So if we, if we can do this one minute a day and you start liking it and you increase it to two minutes, that's meditation. You can even do it driving, taking a shower, whatever you have time, and you can become aware that you're having a mind talking to you. That to me is one of the most important things that anybody can do without any complexities, no esoteric knowing or nothing like that. Don't you have to polarize to at least 51% of a certain, uh, whether it be negative or positive in order to potentially advance. And how does one, how, like, how is a polarization even determined where you're at to know if you're on the negative side or the positive side? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I have to say that there is no good way to measure your polarity. <laughs> um, I don't I don't think that's even something that we should attempt to do. Um, that's just my my opinion. Maybe in the future, we'll be able to measure this polarity. Uh, but we can have some indications. Yeah, I think I know if it's probably not good to measure your polarity, but it just ties back into what we were saying before operating from your heart. 
if you're leading with your heart and you're operating from your heart, that's probably a good indication that you're on the positive side of the, of the polarity spectrum. Yeah. And, and I think uh, more than anything is to describe what is the percentage of polarity um, referring to, right? Okay. Because, um, and that's that's a great indicator the heart um so speaking of the positive polarity you mentioned the right numbers 51 percent, which means that more than half of your your perception your thoughts need to be aligned with who you truly are because the negative side is about empowering that which is not the falsehood of the the self which is separation we have unity and we have separation. We have the true self and we have the ego. So the negative side is potentiating the ego is the belief that I am separate. Okay. Now, um, Ra indicated that the majority of people are in what they call the sinkhole of indifference, which means that they're neither wanting to polarize negative or positive. So they are at a very low percentage because they haven't uh, really opened to the possibility that there is unity. Mm -hmm. You see, this is the, the cornerstone of every seeker is to know that there is unity, that your nature is infinite. And if you tap into that, you begin to feel the polarization happening. Like we mentioned before, it's not something that you do. It's something that happens as you develop an interest in whichever direction. It doesn't have to be the law of one uh, Buddhism or Christianity, any, any sort of philosophy or tradition uh, system will bring you uh, closer to unity and infinity. And if you can tap into that, that would be the polarization that we're talking about. So in any case, we talked about already how the mind, we can explore our mind and we see that there is a conflict. That conflict needs to uh, dissolve in our minds for the the positive polarity which is inherent in us it's not something that we're going to gain in actions or anything it's inherent in us starts to shine see and i'm speaking only for the positive polarity and the negative one uh, i suppose what it needs to do is to uh, become really control and um, this i don't even know how this can be uh, but i suppose you need to control yourself so much that you're in the same way that you can that you can control yourself you can control others you see in the positive one in the same way you accept yourself you accept others so it goes back to what brian was saying before the more i know myself the more i'm able to reflect that on others right so you can see the same uh dynamic happening in the positive and the negative one the negative controls itself to control others and to learn how to control others and the positive accepts itself so it can accept more, more everybody else. And mm -hmm. that's the opening of the heart that you were mentioning. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like the way you summarize that.